Today's daf is daf Chav Gimel. We are holding at the top of Chav Beis Amud Beis. We are in the middle of a machlokus, so to speak, a machlokus between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan was of the opinion that when a person lights a fire, the spread of the fire is considered to be kocho. That means that the uh, it's, it's like a person shooting arrows. It's directly considered to be an extension of the person. It's like him shooting arrows. Whereas according to Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish said a svara, that unlike arrows where you have some level of control, here you don't have a level of control. And therefore, we do not consider this to be chitzov. Uh, 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 you don't consider like shooting arrows. It's not the kocho or chitzov, the way he explains it with arrows. Rather, According to Reish Lakish, it's considered to be mamona. It's like your ox. Your ox goes in damage. You have limited control over where your ox is going to go unless your mom is stay on top of it. So therefore, this is more comparable, says Reish uh, Lakish, to mamon, his money damaging. And we went through some of the differences between uh, where it's kocho and it's mamono. We explained it. The Gemara now is trying to bring a raya Again, this is going to be a question on Reish Lokish. Toshma, come and listen. It says, If a person lit a, uh, a pile of grain, a stack of grain. Now, we're going to be discussing here two scenarios that involve the question of Kamleb de Rabbinik. Kamleb de Rabbinik, the person perpetrates an act, which is an act of murder. Doesn't have to be actually that he is convicted of murder, but if there would have been Adam and they would have warned him, he would have been chayv murder. So then that same act cannot be held financially responsible for any other collateral damage that he does. That when this din kamle what rises for him is the rabbinah is the greater of the punishments, but the lesser punishments, the financial, don't apply. So the case over here is that a person is madlik as a gadish person has set fire to a pile of grain and there was a deer that was tied to the next to the pile of grain and there was an Evet standing there and this Evet unfortunately instead of running away from the fire ran into the fire and he got burnt as well so in such a case so the <coughs> The uh, the the uh, Brisa said uh, the mission. I'm sorry. The Mishnah says is that he is going to have to pay for the gedi for the, the for the kid for the goat and for the for for the pile of grain because it's not he's not held uh, a, a responsible for the evid because the evid if he's untied could have ran away. The fact that the evid ran the wrong direction that's not the person who lit the stack's fault. And therefore, there's no murder there, and there's no murder. It's high for the financials. Now, Rashi uh, and, and, and uh, brings down over here that you don't have to be discussing that the 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 deer that the, the goat was tied up because a goat, unfortunately, uh, is, does not have the seichel of a uh, does not have that uh, seichel of a human being, and a goat might run into the fire, which means that if the goat does ride into the fire, you are responsible for the goat as well. But it doesn't, the only reason is for symmetry because of the next case. Now, Evet Kafuslo, the Gedi Samuchol, let's say it was flipped. In this case, the Evet was tied to the stack and the, uh, and the goat was, uh, was not tied. The Nisraf Imo and, in this case, the goat and the stack and the Evet all were burnt up together. Potter, because in this case, it is considered to be murder because since the Evet cannot run away, so then the fire, and at this point we're assuming you lit the stack and the stack spread to the Evet, you're higher for murder in this particular case. Now the Gemara asked the following question, we'll say it outside and we'll see it inside. But the Gemara's question is as follows, is that if you hold that fire, the spread of fire is like arrows, so then I understand why you're high of murder, for murder. Because just as if you shoot an arrow at someone and he dies, that's considered kocho, it's coming from you, you killed that person. So too, if fire works like arrows, like the way Rabbi Yochan understands, so you light the stack and the stack, the fire goes and kills the person. I understand, you're high. But if you're all like Rish Lakish, is that actually fire is like your, your, your animal. If your animal goes, it's my mono, it's your animal goes and kills somebody, 
You are financially responsible. It's not a, it's not murder. So therefore, fire of should not be considered murder. So why is it come lev the rabbi minei? which was Rabbi Yochanan. So then, Mishum Hachi Potter. I understand it's come lev the rabbi your Potter. El lemanda Amar Isha Mishum Amayno. Am I Potter? But you all Isha is not because of Momo. It's not because of Chitzov, but it's Momo. It's like your 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 ox killing somebody. So why should we Potter? If your your Evakanani, by the way, which is pointing out, is a chiyuv, uh, is, is murder, still considered to be a chiyuv misa. So the point is that if your ox went and killed an Evakanani, you wouldn't be chayv misa, you're responsible, but you're not chayv misa for that. So therefore, there's a kasha and rish that if it's because of mamon, so then how can you be talking about kamled ramene? There's no chiyuv misa if your ox kills someone, so that you're fire killing someone, so therefore spreading to someone and killing him should not be murder either. On that, Amalak of Shimon Lakish, the way of Shimon Lakish has to learn the Mishnah is that unlike in the first case where it says there you lit the stack, in the second case where the Evid was tied, you taka lit the Evid, which I guess the Swara is the Evid's not tied, you can't light the Evid, he's going to run away. But the Evid is lit, is tied, you, so you actually lit the Evid. So therefore, the reason why it's murder, because even though the spread of fire is mamonable, and you directly put fire on someone, that is considered to be murder. That's not, that's not uh, considered, that's Adam, that's an Adam killing, not his short killing. So that's the case over here. So Gemara says again, so therefore, you lit the actual body of the slave. Gemara says that, therefore, you do say to come live with name. So Gemara says like this, so what's the Chiddush? What's the Chiddush that is Kamle Bedravamine where you like the actual slave? I mean, if, if there's, a, there's a Chiddush, just be said that if you lit the stack of grain and it spread to the Evid, and therefore it's telling me that there's Kamle Bedravamine in that case as well. But if that's not the case, you actually burnt the Evid. So what's the Chiddush? We know the din of Kamle Bedravamine. It's not the first time we've, we've been exposed to it. So the case is, the Chiddush is, is that the goat was owned by one person, and the Evid was owned by a different person. So the Chiddush is like this. You might think that Kamle Bedrabamine works where both penalties are to the same person. So therefore, so therefore Ruvain kills Shimon and ruined his suit. So you don't have to pay for Ruven's suit because you pay your chayv misa for killing. But what happens if in uh, the case is that your monetary, fi- the financial responsibility was to Levi? And Shimon was the Chi of Misa. Does the Chi of Misa to Shimon Pater the paying the late to Levi? So that's the Chiddush over here that even though the, uh, the goat was be- belonged to one person and the Evid belonged to someone else, so the Kamlev Dirabamine for the Evid is not for the same owner as to the payment for the goat. That's the Chiddush over here that you still say Kamlev Dirabamine in such a circumstance. Tashema, come and listen. The Mishnah tells us that if you uh, made a fire by giving it over to, and, and caused, caused damage by giving it over the fire to a cheresh, to somebody that is a deaf mute, Right, that's, good. that's considered to be a lack of das. And Shota is a, he's a complete a deranged imbecile. The cotton, or he is a minor, in the court of law, we cannot hold you accountable, but in Shemayim, they will get you for that. They are not considered, you have a moral obligation to pay back, even though you don't have a legal obligation. Now, the Gemara's question is as follows. Let's, let's focus on this for a moment. If you're fired, it's your fire you're handing to the Cheresh. If you hold that it's Chayav, that fireworks, like Rabbi Yochanan said, it works like arrows. So I understand is when I gave it over to the Evet and now he go. I gave it over to the, to the, the Shota and he goes now and he lights something. So therefore it's his arrows. It's not my arrows because he's the one that caused the spread. So I understand why I mean, I, legally I'm not Chayev. But if the way fire works when it spreads, it's like my animal. So if I give my animal over to someone who cannot guard it, then I am responsible for the acts of my animal. So how, according to Rachel Lokish, do we say that you're not legally obligated when you gave it over to Cherishad Vakotin? If it's working like Mamono, it's working like you gave him an ox. 
So I understand, according to Rabbi Yochanan, that says it's your arrows, so then the point is, these are the arrows, now they're not yours anymore, they're the arrows of the Chereshoita and the cotton. So I understand that there is a level of separation from the force that was shot, and it wasn't from you, it was coming from him. I'm not chayv on that. But But if you're telling me that it's considered to be your asset that is damaged, what do you think? If you would have given your ox over to a cherishite of a cotton, the ox goes and damages, you can say, oh, it's his actions, not mine. No, it's your money. It's your ox that's damaging. You're chayv for that action. So Mona says like this, so therefore, uh, so, 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 so this seems to be a kasha on Reish Lakish. The Gemara, we actually had this Gemara before. Ha'it Allah, I'm a Reish Lakish, Mishmeida Chizkiya, Loishano Ella, Shemasula Gacheles Veliba. The case he's talking about over here, the reason why, according to Reish Lakish, who says that fire is considered to be like Maman Amazik, why over here aren't you Chayev when you give it over his to cotton? Because you never gave it to him a full fire. You gave him a glowing ember. In order for it to become a full fire, he had to blow on it. So therefore, that's what happened over here. Shemazlo Gachelas, you gave him the uh, glowing coal, and he blew on it and turned it into a fire. So in such a case, that's considered to be the actions of the Cherishoy to the cotton. It's not considered to be your actions. Again, it's your ox, because you never really gave him an ox. It wasn't in damaging form at the time when you gave it to him. So therefore, that's not considered to be your mama that's being mazik. That's considered his actions. Now, morally, yes, you shouldn't have been giving him a, a, an ember that he might have blown on, but legally, we can't hold you responsible. If you gave him a full flame, then Takachai of your mom and his being mazik, you would be chayv in that. He would, Rabbi Yishlokish would agree. Now, my time, uh, what's the reason, what's the difference between if you gave him a coal or you gave him a full flame? Because they're Bari Azeka. There, the damage is already ready. It, it's ready. It's, they're, 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 it's, it's a full fledged damage. So that's considered like giving him an ox. If it's a coal, it's not kind of giving him an ox. But if you give him a full flame, it's not like giving him an ox. So therefore, it's your mom and that's being mazik, and therefore you are responsible in that case. Now, what about Rabbi Yochanan? Rabbi Yochanan said, Afilu shall have his potter. Rabbi Yochanan said that kocho, that even if you give him a full, a full flame, it still would not be higher for the for Aish. Why not? Because at the end of the day, it's the grass. It's the grasp of the Evan that has to take it to the item that is that he's lighting to cause the fire. It doesn't. It's not a. It's it's a fire, but it's also a fire. It's potential that it can go out and damage. But at the end of the day, he still has to go ahead and create the koach behind it. So it's his koach, not your koach, and therefore you are potter because he has to still find the the tinder and the twigs and the and the, the, the that which is flammable, and therefore you would not be chayv. Says Rabbi Yochanan, even if it's a full fledged fire that you handed a full fledged torch that you handed him. However, says Rabbi Yochanan, like this, is that, uh, therefore, but you would not be chayv unless Adam also But if you, until you hand him, uh, you give him the dry, you give him dry wood, you give him the twigs, the small little twigs, and you give him the flame. If you gave him everything that's there, the whole package that's there that the fire can start right in front of him without him going to have to look for something to light, then you could argue that's considered to be as if it's your force and not his force that's doing it because you pretty much put everything in his ability and his control to start the fire, then it's much more directly connected to you and that could be viewed as kocho and not as, as, as the koch of, of the of the Shayt cotton. Okay, let's go back to it. Amarova. That we found a, a posuk, and actually a brisa that's going to make the same derivation of the posuk that we're about to make, that all supports Rabbi Yochanan. Right, how so? Because the posuk says like this the posuk says, that if fire goes out and finds thorns, the nechal gadish and a, uh, a, a stack of grain is then consumed, or hakama, or standing grain, or sodash, uh, uh, or, or a field was burned. Shalom Yishalom, Amavresab the Eero. That the one uh, uh, who made the fire, 
who, who burnt the crops, he is the one that has to pay. Now, it's very interesting. The Gemara, the Gemara points out, is the beginning of the Pasuk starts off in the passive form. If a fire goes out, it doesn't attribute the fire to the one who lit it. It says the fire went out on its own. You, somebody lit the fire, obviously, and it went out on its own into the next door neighbor. And it burnt the next door neighbor's stuff. The one who caused the fire, he's the one who's responsible. So therefore, even though the fire went on, spread on its own, the person who lit it is being identified in the puzzle as the one who caused the fire. That fits very much like Rabbi Yochanan, that it's, the, it's considered like the extension of the person who lit it. It's his arrows. His arrows, he is the one who caused the fire. Whereas according to Rish Lakish, Rish Lakish says, never you. It's considered like your ox went and did it. We don't say you caused the fire. You didn't cause the fire, your ox is the one the, the, that, 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 that did the damage. You're just responsible for your ox doing the damage. So the fact that the Torah initially starts off that it goes out on its own, but then it holds, considers it as if you yourself did it, that says the Gemara, that, imp- that seems to imply that it's because of Chitzah, because of arrows, it's Kocho, and not, it is not Mamona. And the Brisa, which we're going to bring down, Mamash says the same thing. Matniso, Desanyo, and let, let's just first read inside. Went out on its own. Doesn't say that the man made it go out. The man lit it. It went out on its own. The one who made the fire is the one who pays. Means the fire that was caused because of it, he is responsible for it. It's saying he directly, he made the fire. That implies that Aish is because of it's considered his koach, his arrows. But Niso, where do you see that in the Brisa? The Sanya, Pasarakosa, the Brisa says explicitly, Pasarakosa, Beniske Mamono, starts talking about the, the, uh, the, 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 the damage that is caused by his mammon, by he lit the fire and it went out. It seems to imply that it's his stuff went out, like an ox would go out. But see him, but then when it, when it, it, it uh, but the way it concludes, it calls him. It says that he made the fire. It doesn't say the fire caused the damage. It says he made the damage. So see him in his gufa. Why is it calling in his gufa? Lomalach to teach me the insurance of that it's because of his arrows. It's considered directly him, and it's not like the case. We don't call an ox his arrows. An ox is mamono. But this is considered like he himself directly did it, even though it went on its own. The spread is considered like him shooting an arrow. Okay. I'm a rover. Kasha Leila Baya. So Rava says that my Chavrusa Baya had a question. According to Rabbi Yechanan, that says age is like arrows. He had a following question. Now, this is the way Tosvos elaborates on the question, the way, of, of, the way Rashi explains it. So Tosvos is elaborating Rashi. So what, how do, let, let's explain it as follows. We know that Bor, for example, or Shor, they all have leniencies. There's, there's, there's scenarios that you're not chayev. Bor is not chayev on Adam, for example. Uh, 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 Shor is not chayev full damage the first three times, meaning there are exceptions, there are leniencies associated with the damage. Adam, you don't find that. A person is chayev, shogek, amazed, the onus. Person is fully responsible, full damages under all circumstances. There's no exceptions to the rule. Now, how does Aish, where does Aish fall into it? Now, if you tell me that Aish is Mamono, that's like Shor, that's like Bor, so then I can understand there'll be leniencies or maybe an Aish as well. But if you tell me Aish is considered like, literally it's an extension of Adam Amazik, then there should be no leniencies. Yet we find that there is an exception, that if you're, you burn down a stack of grain, your neighbor's grain, and there was tumble, and there was something hidden inside, you had vessels that were inside the stack, you are potter, that, that Aish is potter on tumble. Now, the Gemara's question is like this. Now, if you learn that Aish is Mamono, like Rish Lokish, I understand there's exceptions to when you're Chayev. But if Aish is Konkocho, that's Chitzov, it's like the Adam being Mazik, so why is there exceptions? We don't find exceptions by Adam and Mazik. That's the question that Abaya raised. So let's see it inside. So I'm a Rava, Kashali, Labaya, Lamadam, Aish, Mishum Chitzov, according to the opinion that Aish is because of Chitzov, because of Eli's arrows. So Taman Ba'ish, the Potterachmona Hechemishkachasla. What's the situation? Under what circumstance can there be a leniency 
that something that is hidden, that something that is covered, that it would not be chayev in the case of Aish. Right? For, right? So, meaning like this, it's the fact that I don't see it when I light my fire and it's covered in the next door's grain, it's still my arrows are destroying his vessels. What difference does it make whether it was covered or not covered? So why is there that leniency? If you tell him it's my mono, it's like my ox, then you could say we have leniencies by ox too. There's always said, in certain cases, right? So yeah, there's a leniency of Tomun. But if it's, if it's you doing it, then why is there a leniency? That's the most caution. But Nechale, so the way Abaya uh, came out with a scenario that he was satisfied with, that therefore, even though you hold like, like Rabbi Yochanan, that it's arrows, there could still be a scenario that you're potter from Tomun. Now, what's the scenario going to be? So says Rava, the way Abayah uh, resolved it is as follows, is that let's say when you lit your fire, there was a fence surrounding your property that was a fire retardant. Uh, it, it could protect from fire spreading. But unfortunately, what happened was is that uh, a, 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 a hurricane came and blew down the fence, right? And then the fire spread to your neighbor. Now, in such a situation, you can't say that's your arrows because at the end of the day, when you lit your fire at that point, and when you put the arrows into action, the spread, at that point, it wasn't gonna go to your neighbor. So you can't call that your arrows. So under such circumstance, we can hear that you're not high for the vessels that are covered in, uh, that are covered by the grain. The more is going to follow up with a question is, well, in such a case, you shouldn't be high on the grain either. If in fact, when you lit it, okay, then it was, a, it was a protected fire and something beyond your control knocked down that fence, that fire. So the horror, you shouldn't be high for your neighbor's grain under that circumstance. If it's not your arrows anymore, then forget about that. Whatever's covered, whatever's uncovered should not be chayv either. That's Moritz Kasha. If that's the case with Kalim Potter, in that case, Goloi, what's uncovered, should be chayv as well. That's what I was going to ask. So when Nichole, how did Abaya satisfy himself with finding a case? Kegeva, Kegain, for example, Shenaflod Lekal Oisa Chotzer, that in the fire, in, in the fire broke out in in Ruvain's field, right? But not, and, and at that point, there was a fence that could block the fire. But but the fire, the fence fell down, not because of the fire. It wasn't the fire that knocked down the fence. There was some outside force that was not expected, knocked it down. And then it went and it damaged in the neighbor's courtyard. Because at that point, they considered the arrows are no longer have, have come to an end. They ended where the gate, where the, where the borderline of where the fence was. That there's no arrows going into your neighbor's field. That spread cannot be considered your arrows because it was protected at the time you lit it. So therefore, in such a case, we potter on the tomon things that are hidden. Frag the Gemara. If that's no longer your arrows, then concerning those things, the, the grain on top, those things which are are, are exposed, also your arrows of so therefore, it's not just Taman your potter in that case. You should be potter for everything in that case. So Gemara says like this. So the Gemara now does an about face. Now we're going to this two pshatimi and Rashi. One Rashi, one we have. The other one is alluded to, but it's not in our gifts in Rashi. And so we're going to learn with a case the way Rashi learns this. And it comes out a huge change in what we said before. Before we said that, that there were mutually exclusive positions. That if you held, like Rabbi Yechanan, that Eish is Mishum Chitzov, is arrows, then it's not Mamono. And if you held like Reish Lakish, it's Mamono, then it's not Chitzov. And we gave reasons why each one would not hold like the other one. The Gemara now is, is throwing that out the window. What the Gemara is saying is like this. Eleman is lay Mishum Chitzov, Rabbi Yochanan, who says, that when you light a fire and it spreads, that it is like your arrows that are being shot, is Nami Mishumamono. He also agrees that it is considered like your mamon as well. So it is considered on one hand like your arrows, but it's also considered on one hand like your animal that's damaging. All right? Now, 
That, so with changing shot in Rabbi Yochan, Reish Lakish we're leaving alone. Reish Lakish again does not consider this arrows. You don't want to control it. It's not considered arrows. It's only mamono. Rabbi Yochanan says it could be mamono or it could be chitzah. Both both are applicable to fires that spread. Now. Let's explain, therefore, how does now, according to Rabbi Yochanan, now we have a case where you could be higher for tumun, for hidden ve- vessels. Obviously, you could be potter for tumun, for hidden vessels, even though you're higher for the exposed part. So the case, again, let's say the case was when you lit the fire, there was a fence. And therefore, what happened was, that means at the time you lit it, your arrows would stop at the, at the borderline. You cannot be called your arrows because it wasn't lit in a way that it could go to your next door neighbor. However, what happened was, is that let's say it took uh, two hours. It was a, a slow burning fire. Took two hours to get to the border fence. And at that point in time, a hurricane already knocked it down and you were aware of it and you did not right away either put out the fire or you did not build a fence at that point. You did not put back the fence. So now at this point, even though it's not your arrows, so we said, well, it's not your arrows, so therefore, why should be high on anything that goes to your next neighbor? Because you're still considered negligent. The negligent was you didn't put up the fence. Therefore, what are you high? In this case, you won't be high for arrows, but since Rabbi Yochanan holds it's also Mamono, you'll be high for Mamona Mazik. Now, since in this case it's Mamona Mazik, so Mamona and Isaac's like your animal, there can be distinctions between what was covered and what's exposed. And now it works, even according to Rabbi Yochanan, we can understand how you can be potter on Caleb, but it's specific, oh, no, that, are, that are covered. But specifically in this case, meaning a case where there was no fence to begin with, then you'd be chayv according to Rabbi Yochanan for Tamun. The only case where the Torah says you're potter for on, on Tamun is in a case where it's only a case of Mamon and it's not a case of Chitzov. That's what we're going to have to say. So, in the case he's talking about, you had time to put the fence back up, but you did not put it up. And therefore, that would be considered like a case of an ox where you didn't lock the stable door, you didn't lock the door behind it, meaning that you could have put the fence back up. Chitzo, you can't say it's chitzo because you're, that at the time you lit it, it wouldn't have gone to the next door neighbor. So the ar- it's not arrows going into his field, but it is your mammon. So right. So now, so 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 that is that, that is the way. Now the new explanation of the machlokus. It's not exclusively one holds a chitzo, one holds mamono. Rabbi Yochanan holds mamono and chitzo. Reish Lakish only holds mamono. So it says the Gemara like this: V'chima achad man de isle mishum chitzo, isle nami mishum mamono. Since Rabbi Yochanan holds both because of chitzav and mamono, my benayu, what's going to be the case is that there's a difference between them. Now Rashi is bothered by this. We have a bunch of scenarios that there could be differences between them. What about situations where you don't own the fire? Right, the case of a cherishot of a cotton. You don't have the, you, the fire's not yours. According to Reish Lakish, you're only high if, if it's Mamona, if the fire is yours. If the fire's not yours, you're not going to be high. Whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, even when the fire's not yours, it won't be Mamona, but it'll be Chitzov. So why don't we give those cases we had before, multiple cases? Just had one right now. So the, why don't we give cases that where, where why, why don't we just, why don't we give examples of those cases? So, so Rashi explains, is because the original machlokas of Yochanan Shlokish was, uh, was the, the wording was Isho. It was uh, Isho, his fire, what's the obligation for his fire? So it means the machlokas was talking about, of course when it's not his fire, we can figure out simple differences between them. But we want to know in the original wording of the machlokas, where it is his fire, they had an argument. Well, when it is his fire, what's going to be the machlokas? If it's his fire, then according to both of them, it's mamono. So therefore, where is there going to be a difference where it is his fire, that they won't, they will argue. Because Lahora, if it's his fire, it's mamono according to both. So we're going to have to come up with a case where it's his fire, Fire, but it's not chitzov, but it's not his arrows. That's going to be a uh, so, so that, that's good. So therefore, like this: demand So my So what exactly is the case that they're going to argue in a place where his his fire that both of them holds mamono? See, the difference is going to come out as follows. 
If it is just mamono, which is what which is what Lakish holds, so it's just mamono. So it's Yoshora Mazik. There's only one damage that has to be paid. That's nezek. You pay damages. If it's coming because of of his arrows as well, so that you don't pay, then you damage someone, you shoot an arrow at someone, there's actually five damages that have to be paid, all right? You have nezek, you have uh, the, 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 the devaluation of the person, you have tsar, pain, you have goshes, you have embarrassment, you have sheves, you have the, the, during the, the, the time that he was uh, uh, in, in, in hospital, that, you ha, you ha, that he was, was not able to, his disabilities, he's not able to pay, he wasn't able to work at any type of level during the time that he was disabled, till he recovered, recu- during his recuperation. And you have, what's the one I'm missing? Nezek Tsar Boishas Ripoy, his medical fees. So the point is, so uh, why is it only four, not five? So, so Rashi points out is that embarrassment, you can only make a person pay embarrassment when you intend to damage him. So even in a case of fire, even if you consider it to be like he did it, like the owner of the fire did the damage, like shooting an arrow, but he can't say that he intended to hurt it, the neighbor or if he got hurt by it, and therefore there would not be the payment of, of, of embarrassment. That's only, so there's four. Four cases are going to be the difference. If it's only Maman, you pay one. If it's Maman, but it also could be Chitzav, like Rabbi Yechanan, then you damage a person with your fire, then your taka could be higher for, 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 the, for the four of the five damages as well. Okay, let's go on. So the Mishnah said like this. The Mishnah said that if, you're, if you have an, the owner of an animal, you have an owner of an animal that has a, uh, the, the, an, an owner of a dog, and this dog went into someone's field and the person, all right, was uh, baking uh, cookies. And he had cookies on coals, and the dog grabbed the cookie, and there was a coal attached to it, and went over to a stack of grain, ate the cookie, and burnt the grain. So the Mishnah said that on the cookie you have to pay Nezek Shalem, the Chor, that's because of Shane, because Shane is Nezek Shalem. Remember, it's Meshusa Nezak, that is, we keep that in our mind. And on the, on, on the, on the stack of grain, we said it was Chatsi Nezek. All right? Now, what the Gemara is going to ask is the following. What the Gemara is going to ask, the Gemara's assumption right now is that we're dealing with different parties involved, that there are different parties. The owner of the, uh, of the dog is not the same as the, obviously, the one who is baking the cookie and the cookie goes together with the coal. Makes sense that he's using his coals to cook his cookies. And to bake his cookies, and the owner of the grain is a third party. So we talk about three different parties here. The mazik is the owner of the dog. The nizak number one is the owner of the cookie, who also happens to be the owner of the coal. And mazik num- and nizak number two is the owner of the grain. Now. We learned, let's just go back to the original Havamin, you have to see if it changes the Maskana, and then you can figure that out and make the Cheshben yourself. But the way we explained it originally was as follows. Why is it Chatsi Nezek on the grain? I understand why it's Nezek Shalem on the cookie, that's Shane. Why is it Chatsi Nezek? So we gave two different explanations depending on Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. So let's go through it. We said, according to Rabbi Yochanan, that there is a din of arrows involved in spreading a fire. So the, could be the dog put down the coal with the cookie and the place where it put down the dog, the, the, that we said, that Rashi used actually is like regal. That's like the normal, the, it's for normal for the dog to drop it down somewhere. And therefore that would be on the, on the spot where it dropped it down would be Nezek Shalim. But where do we have the Chatsi Nezek? is because the rest of the spread of the fire is considered the arrows. Now, it's not the arrows of the person, but it's the arrows of the dog. The arrows of the dog is Tzroros. So it's Chatzinezek on the rest of the stack would be Chatzinezek, the owner of the dog, would have to pay Nezek Sholem on the cookie, 
and chatzin nezek on the rest of the stack, not the place where it actually went down, the place where you put it down would be nezek shalom, that spot, but the rest of it's chatzin nezek. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Reish Lakish learned, because Reish Lakish learned that, that, that it's never arrows, it's only maman is mazik. So what's the case over here? So he said like this, so Rabbi Yochanan learned, I'm sorry, Reish Lakish learned is that the, the, what's talking about is that the dog flung the coal the dog flung the coal, and where it landed, that's where the Tzroros is. Chatzinezek is specifically on the era that it landed. Now the spread, the rest of the spread, that donkey would be potter on, because that's not, it's not the arrows of the owner, and it's not the arrow, and, 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 uh, and it's not Tzroros, because Tzroros is only the place where he threw it and landed. Fire itself is not kocho, it's not a koach, fire is mamono. In this case, he's not chayiv. So the, in this case, the owner of the, of the dog, it's not his coal. So you can't say his mamon is damaging. Tzroros, you can be chayiv, you don't have to own the pebble. But on the rest of it, where it, it, that, that's, if it's not kocho, it's not kocho, it's not his arrows, it was only his mamon. So only on the place where it landed, you potter on the rest. Now, what the Gemara's question is as follows. The Gemara wants to know is that Lechora, if the coal belongs to a different party and it's his coal, which ostensibly means it's his fire, so therefore, even if you can't make the owner of the dog pay for the rest of the stack, but why can't you make the owner of the coal pay for the rest of the stack? Right? That's, it's his, if it's Mammon, and we said both of them hold that coal is Mammon as well, so therefore, according to Rabbi Yochan, why should be Chatzin Nezek on the rest of the stack? Let the other half be paid by the owner of the coal. Should be, half of that should go to the owner of the dog, the other half should be the owner of the coal. According to Rabbi Yochan, where you're part to completely, the owner of the dog doesn't have to pay anything other than the place where it landed, that was Shoros Chatzin Nezek on the place where it landed. The rest of it, he says, you're part to, why let the owner of the coal, it's Mammon, or let him pay for the rest of it. That's the Gemara's question over here. The Gemara says like this. So it says, and on the, on the, on the, on the grain, it's Chatsi Nezek. Now, man chayv, who has to pay Chatsi Nezek on the grain, on the, on, right? This is Balakel, the owner of the dog. If the coal is considered to be the mamon of the owner uh, of, of the one who made the fire, let him have to pay for the rest of the stack or the entire stack, the part that's not being held, the, the owner of the dog is not liable for, let the owner of the coal have to pay it. Someone says no, because it's Shimer Gechalta. He made a good fence. He made a good fence around his coal, and therefore he can't be held responsible for, his, his, for, for it because he, he, he safeguarded it. So we're going to ask the question, well, if he safeguarded it so great, then how did the dog get to it? If he safeguarded it, so then Gechalto, the Gechalto, my boy, Kelev Hasa, if he safeguarded the coal, so then what was the dog doing over there? So one of says like this, he safeguarded, he put a good fence, there was a, there was a lock on the fence, and, and nobody can get into his property. What the dog did though, is the dog was able to dig under the fence. He dug under the fence, and that's how the dog was able to get to the coal. So let's see inside. So Mora says, Beshechotar, that the, the, the dog burrowed, the dog dug under the fence. So now, what do you see over here? We see, but and even though the dog is able to dig under, we're not holding the guy who owns the coal responsible. So therefore, it's Amar of Mari Bereder of Kahana. Zos Ameris, what we see from here, Stam Glossas Chasuro Yisei is that even locked doors, that they're not safeguarded completely from dogs, Dogs can crawl under them, can dig under them and get to it. Now you have to say that that is a norm. It is a norm for dogs to be able to crawl because if it would not be the norm, if it would not be the norm, then the question would be, then why does the dog, the owner of the dog have to pay Nezek Shalem on having eaten the cookie? 
if it's not the norm for dogs to crawl under, then what should the responsibility of the owner of the dog have been on the cookie? If it's a shinui, it shouldn't have been nezek shalom. It should be chatsi nezek. The fact that it's nezek shalom means for the dog to get to it was considered to be normal. Now, Tezus points out, so it comes out a bit of an anomaly. In terms of the owner of the coal, he's considered having safeguarded his property. He's not responsible for the coal spreading the fire. Yet, the dog's access to it was considered to be normal. So Taizvah says the following svarah. He says, when I make a fire, I just have to make sure I have a fence around it. Nobody can come in and access the fire. I don't have to take into my mind that dogs can crawl under and get to it. That's not something I have to be concerned about. The owner of the dog has to be concerned about it. So therefore, if it happens, the owner of the dog is considered negligent, and the owner of the dog is responsible, and he's going to have to pay nezek shalem on the, on the cookie, and he pays chatzin nezek if the dog takes this and burns up a stack of grain. But, the, but, it, but it's not considered that, there was no, that it wasn't safeguarded. Because if it wasn't safeguarded, then you're right. Then the owner of the coal would have to pay the balance of what's not being paid by the owner of the dog. So therefore, again, it's Amar Mani Bereder of Kahana Zoso Meris. This is telling us that Stam Glosses Hasuros Hain Etzel That doors are not considered protected. They are considered the propensity for the dog to dig under them is, exists by any door, even a, lock, a locked door. Now, the Gemara has a following question. Assuming that we are right, that there's three owners we're dealing with them. There's the owner of the dog, there's the owner of the cookie and the coals, and then there's the owner of the stack of grain. Now, the Gemara wants to know whose domain did the dog eat the cookie? In which domain did the dog eat the cookie? Where was it eaten? If you tell me that the dog ate the cookie by the owner of the grain, who's a third party, an outsider, then you have a big problem over here. Because what's the chiyuv? Why do you have to pay for the cookie? It's shame. Shame, you would only be chayyav is the rishus of the nizak, not at a third party's by where the stack of the grain was. You need to be eaten by the domain of the outside, of, of, of the nizak. Of the and the, the cookie needs to be eaten at the, the, at, at the owner of the cookie's domain, not the owner of the grain. You don't have that over here. So what it says like this is like, Now the Gemara is saying like this, the Gemara is changing, that we assumed an incorrect assumption. We assumed that there are three different owners here, that there's the owner of the dog, the owner of the cookie, and then there's the owner of the stack of grain. What the Gemara is saying is that's a mistake. The owner of the stack of grain is the same as the owner of the cookie. So when the dog went and took the cookie to the grain and ate it there, it's still considered Rishus HaNizak. It's Rishus HaNizak both on the cookie and Rishus HaNizak on the, on, the, uh, on the grain because it's the same, it is considered to be the same owner. Therefore, you can be Chayv Nezek Shalim for shame on the cookie. Why, uh, why are we differentiating the, the issue of if the dog stole the cookie from the, the Nizak, and he ate it across the street and someone else's property. He still, he stole from him. And he yeah, but he wouldn't be Chayv Shane. Shane, you only Chayv Rishus Anizak. If he went and took it somewhere else, that's not Rishus Anizak anymore. Even though he stole it from him. Yeah, but again, you're not, that, not that's it, where the damage occurs. It's not, that's where you're chayev. You're not chayev where the damage occurs. Toz was actually, sees, well, he says this should be tali in a sugya before, according to Rashi. That remember, we took, it took from one place and it happened, it dragged it into another place, the way Rashi learned that this is one of Toz's kashas here. Because here clearly you see Shane, you're only chayev where the animal eats it. Where the animal eats it, it has to be the animal, the, the, it has to be the, the cookie, is the, the owner of the cookie's domain. But it says, but it happened at the stack of grain. From here you see, there must be the stack of grain and the, uh, the owner of the cookie are the same, same person. Let's go on. Now, the Gemara, we're going to again learn this like Taisvis. Taisvis, I'm sorry, learn this like Rashi. Taisvis is emphatic that this is not the Pshat, and the Gemara has a whole different way of learning this Gemara. The way Rashi learns it, it does come out initially very difficult. I think the Maskana works out okay, but basically, the, 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 the way Rashi understands it, the Gemara is going to have a Shiloh that is the mouth of the dog 
the inside of the mouth of an animal, is that considered to be the rishus of the mazik, or that's considered to be the rishus of the nizak? Because it's happening in the nizak's domain, but it's damaging in the mouth of, so what the Gemara is gonna ask a question is that if the cookie is being eaten by the dog, and the dog is owned by the mazik, and the mouth of the dog is considered Rishus HaMazik, then how can you be Chayev Shane? Shane's damages have to be Rishus HaNizak, not in the Rishus HaMazik. That's the way the, the, the question is being proposed, and it's, it's, it, the Gemara is gonna ask every difficulty that you guys are thinking about right now, the Gemara will ask. So Tivshot, Dukri, Parra, we should be able to conclude that the mouth of a cow all right, or any animal that is damaging has to be given the status, even though it's owned by the mazik, it has to be it has to be considered still as if it's, since it's in the rishus of the nizak, the mouth is considered the rishus of the nizak as well. That has to be the pshat. Why? Because if the mouth of the animal that's causing the damage is considered to be like the chatzar of the mazik, then why can't the owner of the dog say, what is your cookie doing in the mouth of my animal? Because we know that Rishus HaMazik, you're not Chayv and Shane. That's his taina. You shouldn't be in my Rishus. And if the cookies inside the mouth of the dog is considered the Rishus of the Mazik, then they should not be Chayv Shane. You're only Chayv Shane if, where, if the cookie is where? And therefore, it must be the mouth of the dog or the mouth of the cow that damage is not considered the Rishus of the Mazik, it must be the Rishus of the Nizak. The boiler, because this itself was raised as a Shaila. Piparo, a cow that goes in and damages, eats other, somebody else's product. Is that considered to be the Mazik's yard or is it considered the Nizak's yard, the inside of the mouth? Now, you're going to ask a question. If you're telling me that when an animal eats something, the inside of the mouth is a possibility that it shows of the mazik, then how do you ever have a chiyav of shame? How can shame ever be chiyav if the inside of the mouth, right? So Moses says like this. So shame the chiyav rachmana, hey, how do you ever find such a scenario? So Moses, I'll tell you how. So Remember, there were other examples of shame. Shame could also be when the animal has got an itch and it rubs its back on a wall and it destroys the wall by rubbing its back on it. That could be shame as well, right? So maybe the case of shame is not when it eats something. The case of shame is when it gratifies itself in another way, not using the inside of its mouth. So Amr of Mari Bereder of Kana Kagoin, Shinis Chakak Shinis Chakacho, the Kaisal Hanasa, it rubbed itself against the wall to gratify itself and cause damage of the wall. Or with Tinfa Peiras, the Hanasa, or it soiled uh, uh, produce uh, for its own gratification. It rolled around in it, made it dirty. The point is that it comes out very, very schwer because we're calling it shame. But it, it's not shaykh in a case of eating. It's only a shaykh in other ways. But the Moriach is playing devil's advocate over here. So Maskevila Marzutra, the problem is that we brought on Dav Bey's Gimel, we brought the proof for Shane. We said that because, it's, because the Apostle doesn't say, it is according to Shmuel. I mean, the Mishnah never said the word Shane explicitly. Right? It said, what did it call it? Right? So we said Mave is shame. Why is Mave shame? Because we had a posseg. Right? We brought a posseg that it destroys something completely. That uh, we said it's referring to the tooth. Uh, the tooth that con- conclude, destroys concludes. So we said, therefore, we know that Mave refers to shame. Now, the only time something is going to be destroyed till the point that there's nothing left of it mm-hmm. is when it eats, right? Even a, 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 a glal, I think that Rashi learned becomes extra. But the point is, but if you rub against the wall or you soil paras, it's not that it doesn't cease to exist. So then how can you tell me that the shame that we're referring to is not actually eating, but it refers to, because the source where we learn that mava means shame, is talking about something that completely gets destroyed. So much as it could be. Ravina Amar, so, uh, 
the shav talmai. The damage is like this. The guy had nice uh, artwork on a wall, etchings and engravings on the wall, and the animal came and rubbed itself and completely rubbed out the paintings, the etching completely. All right? Oh, Ravash Yamer, the pas e pasu What happened was it rolled on the, on the soil and dug it into the mud. It pushed it down into the mud completely that there's nothing left of the payrolls. So you could fit it into the pasuk of Kashe Yivaraglal Atumoy. We could figure out how it goes in. But anyway, the point is that what the Mora was saying is it, it has to be that it's a Shusanizak. The, the, the fact you want to say it has to be a Shusanizak because if it's Shusamazik, because then, then why would it be inside? The Mora says no. That the, the Mora is saying is that maybe that Shane is, has other ways to have Shane. So Mora says, Tashima, come and listen. Shisabo Esakelev. We're going to have this case a few times today. We have like this. Let's say. You went over, it doesn't, doesn't say it's your dog necessarily, but you went over to a dog and you incited it, you, you teased it, you got it angry, all right? As a shisa boy, as or you did the same thing to a snake, potter, all right? Now, there could be two possible uh, uh, individuals responsible for paying here. This animal went, or the, the snake went, or the, uh, the, the dog went and bit someone. Let's just say right now, we're not talking about killing. We'll talk about killing later, but bit someone. There are two possibles. It could be the insider, the guy got the, agitated the animal, or it could be the responsible party is the one who actually owns the dog or the snake. But it says Potter in the singular. One of them is Potter, it's Mashma. The other one is Mashma then would be Chayim. So Moses says Potter. So man Potter. Who's the one that's Potter? The Chora Meshase Potter. It must be the Meshase because he didn't actually. It's 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 a grumble. He didn't do it. Di- he didn't do something directly. He didn't cause. He didn't do the damage. He teased the animal to go and do the damage. So it makes sense that he's Potter. But it's Mashba though. Who is Chayiv? The one is Chayiv. Is the owner of. The dog, the owner of the snake, will be Chayev. Chayev Balav Kelev. Now, Lechora, what happens over here? You did something that the normal reaction of a dog is going to be to bite. Or the normal reaction of the snake will be to bite. But it's inside the mouth of the of the snake or the dog. Now, if it's inside the mouth, and it's considered to be a normal thing, so then it falls under Shane, falls under Regal, it's Urche. It's not Lav Urche. It's not like a Karen situation. It's considered to be more like a, a, a normal. So if it's normal, so you only chai Nizak. So if you only chai Nizak, so then if the inside of the mouth is considered belonging to the Mazik, so then why is the Mazik Chayev? You hear? All right. Why can't the mazik say, "My boy, what's your hand doing inside the mouth of my dog?" So, right? If it's not brishus anizak, it's with the mazik. Then your hand shouldn't be there. So, Moira says like this. You're right. So, Potter The way to get out of the question is to say that no, it doesn't mean that only the mishasa is Potter, even. The Meshasa. For sure the Mazik is Potter because it's Meshasa Mazik. But so who should be Chayev? The Meshasa, the, the, the agitator, the insider of the animal, even him. It's, it's, it's difficult to hear the Swara over here, but this is the Mura's... Right. right. So everyone's, everyone's Potter. Ibais Eimo, the Afgil and Nive Visarte. Or maybe what's talking about over here is that the dog has incisors, right? It's got... It, it stuck out its teeth or the fangs stuck out of them, and it scratched the person with it. Now that would be, now you could say the owner of the dog is Chayim, because that's not inside the mouth. It's damaging with the teeth that it, it protruded outside of the mouth. Since it's outside of the mouth, it's not considered Rishus Amazik, that would be still considered Rishus Anizah, and that's why the owner of the dog or the owner of the snake would be Chayim. Got it? Let's what go. About if you're inside, it's like Koho, right? It's not Koho. It's not Koho. It's not kocho. You, you, you get the animal angry. The angry animal got angry. It's not, not for sure going to happen. It's like not shooting an arrow. For sure this is going to happen. 
It depends on the, the temperament of the animal. Now, it says it more like this. Now, the next case over here is hishich. That's not the same thing as shisa. Hishich is you took the head of the animal, you took the head of the snake, and you pressed it. You went ahead and you, you put it on the person, right? Now, he had some other case of a snake, specifically, because what ends up happening over here is the person died. All right? Toshima, hishich boos anachash. So you went and you pressed the snake on the person. So you have machlokus. Rabbi Yehuda mechayev, chayev misa, it's murder. Chachamim potrim, they say you're potter. Now what's the machlokus? So Amar Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, he says, Shatim Shalom, if you analyze the machlokus here, the machlokus is very interesting, it is a uh, machlokus in Metzias, meaning like this. We know that the snake doesn't normally have in the fangs poison. There's a pouch that is attached to the fangs. It's like a hypodermic, what's it called? A hypodermic uh, syringe, right? Now what happens is like this. According to Rabbi Yehuda, he says that when you get an animal angry, when the animal gets angry, the the poison already goes automatically into into the fangs. So now when you go and put the fangs on the person, it's as if you stab the person with a poison needle. Yeah. Whereas according to Chachamim, it doesn't work that way. The Chachamim say is that the poison doesn't automatically go into the, into the fangs. When the animal gets upset, then you put the fangs on the person, it will trigger the release of the pouch, and only then the poison will go through. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's direct. You, you stabbed the person with poison, a poison needle. Whereas according to Racham, you stabbed him with a regular needle. Somebody else came and put the poison into the needle. It means it was still triggered by the snake. It wasn't triggered by the person, and therefore you're, can't, we cannot hold you chayev for it. So that's what he says. So Rabbi Yehuda, chayev, Racham, and poetry. Now, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Yaakov, Keshetim Salem, when you analyze this, the Div Rabbi Yehuda, Eres Nachash, Ben Shinavu Omen, that this, this, the, the poison is already, before it bites, it's already in the teeth. It's already in the fangs. So therefore, therefore the owner, the, I mean, the, the, the person who, who uh, stabbed, who, who, who brought the snake onto the victim, he's high, and actually the snake is not even executed. Normally if a snake kills, or any animal kills, you kill it. But this is not, this is, this, the snake was used as a tool. It wasn't the snake willfully killed somebody. So therefore, it's like an oinus. You don't kill the snake under such a circumstance. But the says like this, no. According to the Chachamim, the snake has a pouch which it's all, on its own volition, it secretes, it shoots this poison through the fangs. And it's not there at the time of when the person pressed the mouth of the 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 the, 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 the opened the mouth of the snake and clamped it onto the person. It just happens after that, which is based on the control of the snake itself. The firach nachash meskilo. Therefore, the nachash will get executed in this case. You do skilo on the nachash umakish. But the person who who stabbed who stabbed the other part of the victim with a snake, Hitaka will be potter because it's not considered like he did a death blow because the poison isn't there at the time when he did it. Now, the question over here is the Chora. We're talking about that you put the mouth of the, uh, you put the person's hand or the person's arm into the mouth of the snake, right? And we said that Breshus Mazik. You're potter, so why aren't you potter here, Bishus Mazik? You could say, what is it doing in my domain? Why is it in my domain? Right? By the way, I, I made a mistake. It doesn't have to be shame, because even Karen, Bishus Mazik, is potter. Right? It was considered Shamazik, even, even, even Karen would be potter, Bishus Mazik. That the mouth of a cow is considered like the shoes of the mazik. What is your hand doing in the mouth of my snake? One second. There's a whole different uh, set of rules when it comes to murder as opposed to nezokin. 
What's your animal doing in my Rishus? I don't have to pay you. But saying is that what's it doing in my Rishus, therefore I can kill you. That's, that's, you know, we don't say that. That Yechayev, even in your Rishus, if it kills, we don't say what's it doing in my Rishus, therefore I have a right to kill you. Mm-hmm. So what it says like this, we don't say that the mouth of the Adam is just the mazik, and therefore you're not chayev. How do we know this? Where do we see such a chiluk? So what it says like this, the sign you learned in a brisa, that if a person goes into the balabayas' yard, somebody trespasses, right? Walks into the shoes without permission. The mace. And what happens is the ox was running wild in the Rishus of the Balabayas and it saw a guy jumping over the fence and he went and the ox killed the person, right? Hashar Baskila, that ox has to be executed, right? And Balabalim, but do him in a kofer. However, the Balabalim don't have to pay kofer. Now kofer is financial. Kofer is financial. So financial, you could say, you trespassed. But what do you see? Even though for financial reasons you don't have to pay, but you're still executing the ox. So you see, by murder, you cannot tina, well, what's it doing in my domain? That you don't have a right to say. So they have a shayra, so they were like, so the shayra, so they say, I'm going to labor, you should see my boys. I don't have to pay the kaifer. Because what were you doing? Kaifer is a financial payment. I don't have to pay a financial payment if you trespass. But sure, Nami my boys, Baby Shusi, one said the same thing. Why should I let my ox get executed? What was it doing in my domain? Katola, when somebody dies and it's murder, where the murder for the the ox has to be executed, or right, or 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 a person who's trying to murder somebody, then you don't have an excuse to say, Well, what were you doing in my domain? That we don't say that. We say that from financial payments, not for murder. Alright, so let's finish up to the Mishnah. There was a family called the Tarbu family, and they had goats. These goats kept crossing over from the property of the Tarbu family into the property of Rabbi Yosef and causing him damage. So Amalei Labayas, Rabbi Yosef told his Talmud, Zil go tell the owners of the goats, that they should keep them... Uh, Keep them uh, under lock and key. Keep them uh, from from coming in. Keep them inside their own property and stop them from coming into my property. So Amalei, so Abaya said to Rabbi Yosef, "Amai Ezel, what, what what help is that? What purpose is that going to serve? If I tell them that they should stop my the goats from coming to my pro, into your property, they're going to say Rabbi Yosef should put up a fence. Let him put up a fence, and then they won't come into his property." Now, if I go, I'm going to lay let him put a fence that'll stop him from coming on. Now, we're going to see that actually that that's not a good tina. I Because you don't have a fence doesn't mean I have a right to let my... But Abaya said that's what they're going to tina. They're going to say they don't have to do anything. If you want them to stop, you should put up a fence. So what is it like this? One second. According to Abaya, Abaya meaning understood, the, the mice said it wasn't a good taina, but Abaya thinks it is a good taina, so I'm going to ask a very strong question. If, like this, my animal wandering into your property and damaging, let's say it's Shane, let's say it's Regal, right? If you're telling me I have a right to say you should have put up a fence, so then when is there ever going to be a chiv of Shane or a Regal? means... You should have put up a fence. And if there was a fence, then Lechora, it wouldn't have got in. It wouldn't have got in. So whenever, when is there ever a case of Shane Varegel? Someone says like this, the E, Gadar, if everybody has to put up a fence, so then Shane, the Chayv Rachman, where's the case of Shane? You should have had a fence, right? Someone says, and I'll tell you, because if you put up a fence, so normally, most cases, the animal won't, the goat won't go in. But there are cases where, again, can dig. Like we said, that animals sometimes can dig under fences. Keshachatra, that we're dug under the fence. Inami, or a case could be, let's say you had a fence. But the wall fell down at night. The fence fell down at night. And you didn't have a chance 
So therefore, the, the, you can't, the, the, the owner of the animal can't say, well, you should have a fence. I did have a fence. Either your dog, your animal, you crawled under the fence, your goat dug under the fence, or it fell down at night, I never chance. So the mayor, in such a case, so you're chayv to pay shame. That'll be the case. So therefore, so Machris Rabbi Yosef, now Rabbi Yosef has a new story over here. The case over here was, people would go to market. There were certain times during the year where a lot of people needed meat before Yom Tovim. So now that's the best time to go to market. Because when you go to market, you go to the shaykhet and he shechts it, if there are not a lot of people buying and there's no refrigeration, what's going to end up happening? So there's going to be spoilage. It means you're not, like, you're not going to get the best price for your animal from the shaykhet if it's a time when a lot of people aren't buying meat. Right? The problem is that people would go and take their animals to market and they'll get there a day or two early or on the way and now these animals sometimes would cause damage. Right? They would cause damage. But the guy doesn't want to shech them today. There's still three days to the market. But in those three days, your animal is causing damage. So what, what should you do? Tomorrow says like this. So Rabbi Yosef made the following uh, proclamation. Vitae Masamsa was Rabba. The Salkin the Ela, those you uh, made announce for the people that are going from Bovel up to Etisro, or the Naksin Lisachto, or those are going from Etisro to Bovel, you should know. This was the proclamation. Hani Izi the Shuka, those goats that are on the way to market, the Mavsidi that are causing damage, Masrina Bimaraya Trevitilsa, that you warn the owners two or three times, give them a heads up. And each size, size, and if they're able to keep them from damaging other people, then great. But elo, but if they're not able to watch their animals, and, 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 and these animals are still damaging, we tell them, go to the butcher, have it shechted, and take your money. Even though what's going to happen, you're not going to get full value for it. Why? Because it's too early. Because it's too early, but nevertheless, you, it's better you take the loss than your animals going around and damaging everybody else. All right, so we'll stop over here, Rabbi Sai.